This is Donald Parham. You're listening to Chargers Unleashed, part of the LA Football Network. Stay diggy. And this is Chris the second, Chargers outside linebacker. And make sure you check out Chargers Unleashed. Shout out to Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph. They know the vibes. We outside. Are you checking in with Mike Williams from the LA Chargers, and you're tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Charger Bolt Family, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, happy Monday to you, sir. You know what time it is. It's Combine Week, baby. Let's go. We get to watch Combine Talk, Draft Talk. Let's go, Jake. I'm excited. Everybody who poo-poos the Draft Combine and just calls it the Underwear Olympics and leave it at that, I don't care. It's time to get excited. We're in the thick of draft season now. And as Dan alluded to last week, we will be bringing in special guests as we get closer and closer to the NFL Draft on April 27th. And Dan Wilkinson, why don't you tell us about the first special guest that we are bringing in to talk about pre-combine, pre-draft, nothing but draft prospects on Chargers Unleashed today. Who is it? Super pumped today. We get to talk to the man who literally wrote the Bible on the NFL Draft. Mr. Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible is going to be joining us to talk about all things NFL Draft and the Los Angeles Chargers What should they do at 21? What should the Chargers look for day two, day three? Jake, before we get into that, we got to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Over under children we see on this episode, I'm going to put the line at one and a half. Well, since Avery counts for two, I'm going to go for over. So, and as Avery enters the screen right now, Dan Wolkenstein, you put the over one and a half. So there you go. There you go. You win your bet. (laughs) He's waving for folks who are watching. If you are not and you are just listening, go subscribe to YouTube so you can go see her wave at you. <laughs> All right. Avery's going to do the ad read with you, Jake. Go ahead. All right. Perfect. Avery, you can say this along with me. You can wave whatever you want. But let's remind everybody that over on Bet Online, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all uh, sports waging information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. And make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online where the game starts. All right, so Avery's waving. We're all waving. I think I just scared her a little bit, but we're all going to go into our conversation with Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible and get this thing going for the NFL Draft for the Chargers. Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible coming up next on Chargers Unleashed. Well, we are super excited today. Draft season is fully engaged. We have the NFL Combine coming up here this week, and who better to talk to than the literal person who wrote the Bible on the NFL draft. Rick Saratella joins us on Chargers and Leafs. Rick, thanks for hopping on again. Friend of the show, how are you? Yeah, fellas, what's happening? I got my happening, uh, man. chin straps on, the shoulders. Yeah, baby, let's go to work. <laughs> Buckle up, poker down, let's do it. This is Christmas for Jake Hefner. He loves this time of year. We all do. Uh, we had a little funny jig that we were doing last week when we were doing our best position groups. Started with the wide receiver for the Chargers for best fits. But today, we want to get all the best advice we can from the one and only Rick. So want to talk about, obviously, the NFL Combine coming up. Talk about some positions the Chargers are looking for. 
and could possibly good be good fits for the Chargers on day one, two, and three. Uh, but Rick, let's just kind of start off the beginning of this with just your overall take. You've been doing this NFL Draft Bible thing for decades now. What is the current landscape of the 2023, which is crazy we're saying 2023, current landscape, 2023 NFL Draft, kind of what do you see as it, big picture, what are we looking at? It's deep. It's talented. Thanks for dating me, by the way. It's my 21st year of draft coverage. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I'll tell you, the the depth of this draft class is really where the value is. And it seems like we say that more and more each year. But outside of Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, my top two consensus players in this year's draft, you could throw the three or four quarterbacks in the equation if you want to. After that, I think it's a big guessing game. I think even at the top of the draft, if you look around at some of the national media mock drafts, you ask five different people who the top pick in the draft will be, you'll get five different answers. And we're just two months away from the NFL draft. So when I take a look and see, you know, we saw a lot of first round picks opt out of the senior bowl. That's a new trend. We already know Bryce Young and and Jalen Carter will not participate at the combine. I expect that to be somewhat contagious. Will Levis, we'll see. Uh, I think some of this gets leaked out to the media to see what the temperature is going to be. The other new trend we're going to see, teams are opting out. The Packers are staying home. The Rams are staying home. I hear the 49ers might stay home. So that's a new trend. And then what I'm looking forward to most, and we won't see it really on the front lines this year, maybe next year we will. It's more of a beta test, but this is going to be a mainstay starting in 2024. They're actually going to body scan the measurements, the height, the weight, the wingspan, which, you know, could take a few minutes per player typically. And it has to be done in T-shirts and underwear. Well, now the body scan is like going through the airport. Three seconds, boom, we got the hand, we got the arm, we got the wingspan. So technology, we've seen next-gen stats kind of trickle into the TV side of things. Now we're going to see technology trickle into the back side of things. Now, Rick, I know that we have the Combine first coming up before the draft starts on Thursday. It's going to be a great weekend for everybody to see these guys come out and perform. And some people, you know, they, they poo-poo it a little bit with the underwear Olympics and everything like this if they want to kind of give it. And I know everybody says, you know, trust the tape. That's always the biggest thing. But when we go into this and we're looking at these positional groups and watching these guys go through these drills, what are you looking for specifically at the Combine? Are there a handful of guys that you can really see elevate their draft stock? And if they come out and just set the Combine on fire, kind of give me your rough thoughts on some guys that you have your uh, your eyes on. Well, I think first and foremost, the NFL is infatuated with speed. That's a trait you just can't teach. You came to the right podcast because, man, you should hear Chargers fans talk about speed. And, you know, the, the the biggest misconception out there is that, you know, the, the top wide receivers have this elite 40-yard dash time, and it's simply not true. If you look around the landscape, I think we did, like, the average 40-yard dash time of starting wide receivers in the NFL. It came right around 4-5-2, but it's still going to push guys like Tank Dell and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Christian Gonzalez and Joey Porter Jr. When they come down that line in Lucas Oil Stadium, it's just going to keep pushing them up the board. So that's always fun. I think when this thing started back in 1982, the, the main purpose was to have everybody in one location to get the medicals. And then it was an apples to apples, orange to orange comparison. Same track, same surface every year. And I think what 
uh, scout told me when I first broke into the business, it didn't really resonate with me right away. And then the more I thought about it, I said, man, you know what? He's got something there. He said, you know what, Rick? At the end of the day, when you're watching the combine and you're going through these positional drills, and we'll use the W as the cornerback drill, that's like my favorite drill because it showcases the change of direction, right? How, how fluid are the hips? How much can he bend? That W drill is everything for a cornerback. That's going to make or break Kaylee Ringo. But he said something to me that really didn't resonate till down the road. He said, Rick, what we're doing is studying the evolution of the, the science of movement. And here I, I failed science, guys. I don't know about you. But, uh, I said, man, man, ain't that something? But, you know, I think when you're doing it for 20 years and you see the same drill and you see thousands of players go through these drills, you can quickly identify, like, with repetition, just like anything. That's what a first round looks like. That's what a developmental guy looks like. Hey, that's a guy that probably ain't getting drafted because, you know what, movement is half the battle in the NFL. Now, you mentioned movement. And obviously, this is a Chargers Unleashed podcast. We focus on the Chargers, AFC West. You know, so many people are talking about the Chargers needing to add speed to their offense. You know, they got Justin Herbert. They've got Keenan Allen. They've got Austin Eckler. They've got Mike Williams. They've got a bunch of guys. Offensive line looking really good. But they don't have the guys that can kind of stretch the field either vertically or horizontally, if we're being honest. Um, of let's, let's kind of look at pick 21 for a second. Let's kind of focus on speed or athleticism in general that could be fast quick both whatever who are some of those like bona fide first round picks that when you see tape don't lie you're looking at the speed evolution movement like who are those guys to you at 21 you know at 21 i think you really have to play the waiting game to see because i think just like a lot of these positions there's really not a consensus wide receiver it's more what's your flavor of the week and i understand what the chargers Fan base is probably craving that speed element to stretch the defense. They got all these tall possession, big body wide receivers, even the tight ends that have been rotating in and all these tall tree trunk guys. Why not add an extra element of dimension to the offense? So I get it. And I think when you get to 21, you're hoping that maybe a Jordan Addison out of USC or Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State that can play inside, can play outside, can stretch the field in the slot if need be. I think those are the guys you're looking at. You want a dark horse candidate? I'm a big fan of this tank, though. Is 21 too high? Maybe. Maybe Take a bow, Rick. I didn't even have Maybe to ask you about him. <laughs> well, I think what you saw down there in Mobile, and and, and again, like the, the All-Star games, I love the one-on-ones. The cream rises to the top. Over the course of time, one-on-ones, you see who can separate, who's got an extra level, who's got an extra gear. Tank Dell is all that. Not only is he speedy and fast, but he can create separation the way he breaks in and out of his routes. Like, that guy is hard to stick. So I would not be surprised if he went in the first round. And I would, for whatever it's worth, I got Dell at number five. The the the, the media keeps putting this Jalen Hyatt in the first round out of Tennessee. He's number seven for whatever it's worth. Hey, I get it. The speed again. Everybody's uh, in love with the the one trick pony, but I don't see much to Jalen Hyatt's overall game in terms of route running and different dynamics. I mean, it, don't don't get me wrong. Now that's a good trick to have. Go ask Kendon Hooker. But to me, Tank Dell is more of a route runner. Can create separation because of his technical ability rather than just solely relying upon speed but don't get me wrong there's going to be somebody who falls in love 
with a Jalen Hyatt, and maybe he goes in round one. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens as well. I've, I gotta be, I gotta say, so this came in perfect timing. So last week we had our best fit for the Chargers at wide receiver, and Jake and I each went five through one. And at number one, best fit for the Los Angeles Chargers at wide receiver, Jake had Zay Flowers, and myself had Tank Dell. So look, I'm not giving you twenty bucks live, but I might give it to you in your back pocket after the fact. But compare and contrast Tank Dell and Zay Flowers. Like, what are you getting? What are kind of the pros and cons, or just? similarities or differences between the two you know i i've been into boston college a lot and i'll tell you what i followed zay flowers his whole career and i never i never departed chestnut hill saying you know what and, and there was a lot of buzz around him every time i went in I, I just never departed saying to myself man that's a that's a first round pick man that's a guy i want to build my offense around now don't get me wrong i think it could be an adequate number two we talked about tank dell is route running for me I think Dell's route running is ahead of Zay Flowers. And so to me, that's why I, I prefer that. Also, again, guys, I like competitors. I might be a little bit old school in that way. Here's a guy, Zay Flowers. He took money to go compete in the East-West Shrine Bowl. He practiced one day and shut it down for the rest of the week. Tank Dell went out to down to Mobile, lit it up the whole week, left no stone unturned, no questions to be remained. I don't know, man. I, I I just wonder if I give a guy a lot of money like that, is he gonna check out on me? I don't I don't have that thought with Tank Dell. Zay Flowers, I'm not so sure. Rick, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball now, because another one of these really deep position classes of this year's draft is the edge class. And a lot of people have had somewhere of five to six edge rushers that they're expecting to go in the first round. Now, obviously, edge is going to be another target for the Chargers at some point. The best part about this is, as you said, they have to be patient, see how the draft falls to them, see what position they could actually go after. And so they have the luxury. And so wide receiver, tight end, and the edge has been the top three that a lot of people have been talking about. So we know that the Will Andersons won't be there. The Tyree Wilsons won't be there. The Miles Murphys won't be there sitting at 21. The Lucas Van Ness may fall to 21, but even beyond that. So if we even we're talking about the possibilities for rounds one, maybe beyond that in uh, Derek Hall at round two, BJ Ojolari, if he falls that far, but who are some edge guys that you think would be some really good fits for this team? Yeah, I mean, I think we got to put Keon White in the mix there out of Georgia Tech. I think after his body of work, maybe a little bit more raw than some of those upper echelon guys. Uh, to me, he has all the potential. You wonder if you can put it all together and coach it out of him. So I think he could be a, an opportunity there. Uh, Miles Murphy, I wouldn't be so sure. I'm hearing he could maybe do a little slip and slide come draft day. So 21. Maybe he's in play because you figure Tyree Wilson's coming off the board before him. Will Anderson's coming off the board before him. I wouldn't be surprised maybe even if Nolan Smith out of Georgia is off the board before him because I think he's kind of that forgotten guy. A lot of guys in Chargers land like him. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's a guy, though, the Chargers got to be careful there because the medical, right, that's going to – determine how soon can this guy see the field because if I'm the Chargers I'm built to win now I don't want a red shirt rookie with my first round pick you know I want to I want to win I want to make a statement I want to win a playoff game that that, that hourglass on on Staley uh, it's, it's running out of sand there so I don't think they can wait to red shirt a guy I'll tell you what man I'm intrigued with some of these mid to late round guys like this Caleb Murphy out of Ferris State have you seen him uh, man, he was at the East-West Shrine Bowl. You want to you want to talk about a small school guy flying under the radar? 
Uh, let's see if he's going to be at the combine. See, he he is going to be at the combine. Ferris State, Caleb Murphy, get to know that young man. And then I'll tell you another one, B.J. Thompson, Stephen F. Austin. Let's put Stephen F. Austin on the map. I mean, this guy, B.J. Thompson, is one of the most incredibly athletically gifted athletes in the entire draft. He's that good. And so when I take a look at a guy like B.J. Thompson, he could possibly be one of the highest drafted combine snubs. And then Garrett Nelson out of Nebraska, I think he played himself into a draftable grade, maybe round six, round seven. Out there at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, you talk about winning the one-on-ones, you talk about flying, nose around the football. Uh, uh, Garrett Nelson is a guy, I think if you're talking about a day three prospect. So, again, there's value to be had here. Jose Ramirez, Eastern Michigan, he was a good-looking guy. Yeah, on my list. East West Shrine Bowl. Patrick O'Connell out of Montana, you want an undrafted free agent, developmental make-it guy. He was down at the Hula Bowl. He's got uh, a sack master resume. So, I, I think, you know, there's a lot a lot more developmental guys than proven commodities here. And even Will Anderson, there's some size uh, issues and, and concerns there with some NFL teams. So Derek Hall's a guy that could sneak into the first round, I think you guys alluded to. And I, I wonder, you know, he doesn't have the prototypical height, but, man, he's got the arm length to make up for it. So uh, I think he can... I think he can stick at on the edge at the next level, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys come off the board. I, I'm going to butcher this name, and I'm I'm going to pre- preface this with I'm always terrible with names. But there was a day, I think day three. I have no idea. There's a defensive edge. I want to. I'm going to butcher it. But I'm going to try Adetomiwa Adebowore from Northwestern. What, yes. What are your thoughts on? I liked him when I started watching him. I was like, hey, like he could be a good kind of run defense guy on the edge, kind of a tweener. Like, I know he's stockier, but I liked what I saw. Is he something that could possibly fit? No, you're right. And I think he is uh, – uh, see, that's an old dirty term, tweener. Now, in, in the modern day, we like to call them hybrids. Hi- right? Sorry, okay. It, 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 sounds a lot, <laughs> it, it sounds a lot sexier. But, no, you're right. There's really – like, you look at him, he's like six foot three, 270. So, like, do you kick him inside? Do you make him a five technique? I think might be his best position because, to your point, he can set the edge against the run. He can get after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, he might be a, a guy worth considering. I think maybe somewhere around round four, round five. I'm talking about double A, right? Let's go. Okay. So, question for you then. So, at 21, just lasting on the edge position, 21. What edge guys would you take there? Obviously, you take those top two or three guys, but who are the ones that you think could be legitimate picks at 21? You know, I, I'd be comfortable with Nolan Smith because I think if I had to roll the dice there, him and Lucas Van Ness, I, I believe, probably have the most upside once you get past a Tyree Wilson, okay. a Will Anderson. I think those guys, you know, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, I think he's going to be like the guy after combine week that's like, hey, remember me? Uh, you know, I think he's going to maybe jump through uh, uh, the rooftop of Lucas Oil Stadium over there. Tom Telesco loves the Irish. So, yeah, there you go. Good possibility. <laughs> Tommy's a good guy now. I like Tommy T. <laughs> now, let's flip over to tight ends. We just saw some news break from um, Dalton Kincaid, where he's a little injured, won't be at the, I think he won't be at the combine. Um, what are your thoughts on the tight end class? And specifically, you know, you talked about the Chargers. They have Gerald Everett. They potentially could move on from him, or maybe they keep him when they bring in a tight end. Everybody talks about Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid. Um, if they don't go tight end in round one, because we've heard enough about those guys, 
Who do you see as day two guys at tight end that would be a good fit for this Chargers team that maybe people aren't talking enough about? Well, there's a long list because tight end might be the deepest position. You know, this is probably the deepest tight end class I've ever seen in 21 years of doing it. And wow. that's unfortunate to hear about Dalton Kincaid. I guess he's going to join uh, Bryce Young down at the oxygen tank. So, so much gas between the ears. Uh, the agents are gassing these guys up. And like to me, Dalton Kincaid. There's a lot of first-round buzz around this guy. Again, I, I wasn't there to anoint him. He's kind of raw. He's only been playing like five years of organized football. He picked it up, I think, senior year of uh, high school, former basketball standout. I'm just wondering, you know, maybe I'm watching the wrong film because everybody's talking about this uh, speedy athletic guy. I don't know. I take a look at Luke Musgrave, Oregon State. I'd rather have him. Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame reminds me of uh, Kyle Rudolph about a decade ago. Can do a little bit of everything very well. So he's my consensus guy. I think Musgrave is going to be uh, a first-round pick after the combine, which brings me to who are those day two guys? I think Kincaid will be on the board. I really do. Darnell Washington is a guy that I've fallen I mean, when we talk about – It's, it's hard not to like him. We talk about the study of movement. Are you kidding me? At six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pounds, the way this guy can move and yards after the catch, and you met, you know what Dallas Goddard is after the catch. Darnell Washington, man, look out for this guy. Tucker Craft, I get it. I like it. I like what he could be, not what he is right now. To me, and he's two fifty five, good looking player. I just I look at the frame. I think he still has room to pack on another ten pounds of muscle and, and fill out there, and then. uh Payne Dorham out of uh, Purdue, man. I like what this kid brings to the table. Uh, I thought he made a lot of plays down there in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. I think he could line up in the slot, H-back. He was even back there at fullback, I think I saw him taking reps. And that brings me to one other guy, maybe not a tight end. We talk about tweener, hybrid. Is he a linebacker? Is he a fullback? He's the next Kyle Huschek, this Derek Parrish out of Houston, man. Uh, this guy had... Eight and a half tackles for loss, five sacks during his first four games, was out for the year, comes back, goes down to Mobile as a fullback. He's 250-plus pounds. He might run in the 4-4 range. This guy's a freight train. Look out for Derek Parrish, man. Good Lord. <laughs> Everybody but keeping notes? <laughs> so now that we've kind of broken down the three biggest positions, obviously, that the Chargers may be targeting in the first three rounds of their draft, let's – Try to be realistic about this, regular. If, if we're projecting the way, and I know we haven't even had the combines or the pro days yet, we're still about a month and a half off before the draft. But just projecting where you think and how the draft is going to fall and who could realistically be there, regardless of the positions, wide receiver, tight end, or edge. As far as just your, let's say, top three at each position, well, let's not say top three at each position, but give me one name from each position group that you would think A, would realistically be there at 21, and B, would be the best fit for this team. Rick's home runs. Let's call it that. Rick's there it is. There it is. That's a good way to put it. You know, to me, my preference, and I have no idea when, where, how the wide receivers are going to come off the board, my preference would probably be for the Chargers – I like Jackson Smith and Jigba, even though I have Jordan Addison higher on my board for the Chargers. I like Jackson Smith and Jigba a little bit more because I think he brings kind of that um, 
luxury piece, that moving part, pre-snap motion, bubble screen, end around, get the ball in space dynamic. Do you think, do you think real quick on him, a lot of people say they don't want him on the Chargers because of they already have Keenan Allen and they see a lot of similarities between Keenan Allen and him. Disprove that. Like, is, is that real? Is that, are you saying that Keenan Allen might not be on the team long-term? Like, where do you see those rumors? Well, I think Keenan Allen's a bigger guy, right? So, I mean, just from a size standpoint, I think sure. Keenan Allen's bigger. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if wide receivers a need, you know, you can't you can't pay Keenan Allen and Mike Williams forever. At some point, they're going to have to part ways with one of those guys, and you want to have the next option in the kitty. So, regardless, I mean, I think Smith, I think I think Smith is more of a gadget guy, and he he's not going to like that. He's not going to like me saying that. But, you know, you take a look at uh, what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl running those gadget plays. I think that's what Jackson Smith and Jigba could bring to the table. Okay. Now, okay, so that's wide receiver. Other positions. So let's go. To, let's say tight end, edge, and then let's just throw in cornerback because Brandon Staley loves his corners. He goes corners all day long. Can never have enough of them. Yeah, so I think a tight end for me, I'm going to assume Michael Mayer is off the board and – my money is going with Luke Musgrave. I just think that he's the most polished route runner, pass catcher, blocker. This guy, to me, he he reminds me a little bit of George Kittle, man. The way his frame, and he's another one. He could pack on 10, 15 pounds of muscle, keep that speed, and you're going to see him at the combine. Uh, 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 this guy's going to start popping up in a lot of first-round mock drafts after Indianapolis. So Musgrave would be the pick for me. Uh, at tight end cornerback man you know I'm a big Joey Porter Jr. guy like that to me is cornerback one uh, I know a lot of people like Witherspoon uh, uh, Porter is man he is uh, big he's fast he's physical Christian Gonzalez is another one that I like and um, I think again Kaylee Ringo all three of those guys might be on the board when push comes to shove I mean if Joey Porter Jr. slides that would be my guy uh, absolutely, without a doubt, because I think he can cover. He has a propensity for turnover. He's like an octopus. You see him scoop the fumbles, go for the pick six. He's guys making interceptions. I was in Happy Valley. I don't do this often. I had a man crush. I couldn't stop. There's like 20 guys I'm scouting at Penn State. My eyes got, kept going back to Joey Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. Holy cow, what a physical specimen. I'm in love. Now, I got to ask. So one of the things, so Chargers fans, they can never get enough speed, right? And we talk about receiver. People want like three, four, five receivers in this draft, which obviously that's not going to happen. But the idea of like double dipping at the wide receiving position, I think, is a possibility for the Chargers. So let's just say they go wide receiver in round one. And then there's a day, I don't know, late day two or day three guy. Who are some of the good like pairings you could see that could go with either someone like a Jigba or maybe like a Quentin Johnson or with like a Tank Dell, Zay Flowers, Hyatt type? On either side. Yeah, I think, you know, with that part of it, I think you want to find a guy that can also play special teams, right? Because he's probably going to be competing for like wide receiver four or five. And how about uh, this Michael Wilson out of Stanford? I mean, here's a guy. He reminds me of uh, Terry McLaurin, right? This guy just came down to Mobile, uh, taught lessons, right? A, a route running lesson and how to uh, just school people all week long. So he comes to mind as a as a great fit for the Chargers. 
I like this Ronnie Bell out of Michigan. I think he came off the ACL this year. You talk about top speed. I think the catapult had him at like 23 miles per hour. Uh, he was one of the fastest guys during senior bowl practice with the ball in his hands. How about I got to show my guy uh, uh, from Jersey right up the road out of Princeton, Andre Eusivis, uh, U- uh, the, the, the the Ivy League boy. Sprint man. Uh, yeah, man, a track star. I mean, you want some speed. How about that guy? And, uh, yeah, you know, I love I love me. We call him Hollywood. But uh, Keelan Harris out of Oklahoma Baptist, you should get to to know this young man if you want somebody who could stretch the field. Keelan Harris right, that out of named Oklahoma out. State. Yeah, he's going to get drafted now. There's he, he met with just about every team at the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Uh, how about Mitchell Tinsley? We talked about a gadget guy out of Penn State. We had him at the NFL PA Bowl, and then he got called up to the Shrine Bowl, and you, I think you saw him in the Shrine Bowl game. Some of the things he did at, at Penn State and Western Kentucky, this guy led the nation in receiving a couple of years ago. Mitchell Tinsley, everybody talks about Parker Washington. Hey, Mitchell Tinsley, man, he is a good-looking player. Jake, you excited? It's just like, you know, Rick, we've only been having this draft talk officially for about the past two weeks. I've been wanting to have it since about November. And just to finally start talking about it with people like yourself, this is what makes the offseason so exciting. So put your money where your mouth is, Rick. Chargers are on the clock at 21. Who is your prediction for the Chargers? Well, you know what, fellas? Uh, I'm going to say... Logically speaking, tight end, I can get later in the draft. Wide receiver, I think we have some good starters there, so I'm not going to make that the biggest need. I will say there is a need for additional pass rusher from the outside looking in. I obviously don't cover the team like you guys do on a regular basis. Well, we saw what ha- we saw what happened with the Chargers. Once Joey Bosa went down, it was just Khalil Mack. And then it was everyone on Khalil Mack and nobody else behind him. Right. So I think a guy like Nolan Smith makes a lot of sense to take some pressure off of those guys and inject some young blood. Now, we talked about the injury concern. If the medical did not check out, like if he gets called back for that second medical go around, then scratch that. But as of today, Nolan Smith, I think you're getting – a top 10 value with a back end first round pick. Nolan Smith. Okay. So there are predictions. Uh, Rick Saratella from the NFL draft Bible. Uh, you can find him everywhere. He obviously sports illustrated. You can find him on Twitter uh, is the editor in chief, if you will, of the NFL draft Bible. You guys just started talk to us a little bit about NFL draft. Bible. I know you guys just started a new thing, digital only where you're trying to this new space, kind of making sure everybody can get access to it quickly. Tell us about NFL Draft Bible, where folks can get it, kind of what's new this year. Yeah, I think, you know, the NFL Draft Bible became the official NFL Draft content provider at Sports Illustrated about three years ago. And obviously, I do a lot of stuff with the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl scouting-wise. So, you know, there was a, a need, I guess, for people to just find my content because it can, you know, we're publishing dozens of scouting reports every day on the Draft Bible. So our content is just an overload. So the Substack newsletter is a way to just find strictly my content, all of my combine confidentials, all of my rankings. And we got the big board for 2023. We're going to be unveiling the big board for 2024. And so you can find us on Substack there. You can get the NFL Draft Bible publication at allaccessfootball.com. It's our 21st year 
of doing this thing. And uh, yeah, we op- we try to operate like a front office. We got scouts that go into uh, a- a- just about every power five conference school there is. Uh, we divvy up the country into five regions. We, we, we meet with all the pro liaisons. I think what separates us is we meet with the coaches. We get the background information. We get the real medical and we put that in the draft book and we try not to put private and personal information. We're not out here to wreck players draft stock, but we have unique information, unique personal tidbits. Hey, I try to immerse myself when I go on any given year, I could visit 75 schools, guys. I'm in the parking lots. I'm in the tailgate. I'm hanging with the parents. I'm hanging with the entourage. I want to know where these guys come from, who they hang with, who they roll with and what they're all about. So uh, we're all for eliminating risk in the NFL draft. It's a hard process, as you guys know. So the more you can get to know a guy, the more you eliminate risk. And the more that I do this process, fellas, I think that's kind of the way where teams can really earn their money when it comes to the selection process. Rick Zaratella, the man, the myth, the legend, the person behind the NFL Draft Bible for over two decades. But may I age like a fine wine? We all hope to age like Rick Zaratella and his uh, obvious knowledge of NFL Draft. Rick, thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been a ton of fun. Friend of the show, you're welcome anytime. Um, Honestly, I could talk to you for an hour and a half about different draft prospects. I have like six guys in my head right now that I want to talk to you about offline. We'll, get we'll have to do it again. I look forward <laughs> to coming back on, guys. Just uh, you know how to find me. Like you said, I'm not hard to find. I'm out there. So, uh, by the way, we got the podcast now for draft season, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And if this airs before the combine, you can find me every night on Twitter Spaces, 8 p.m. So if you got some guys you want to talk about, you can drop in the Twitter Spaces, add us on the Twitter handle, our uh, social media dream team, stream team. They do a great job of alerting me and notifying all of our questions and inquiries well i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna be at 8 8, 8 p.m because i got a couple questions that i was gonna ask you afterwards but i'll just wait till then we're good to go yeah let's Rick. buckle up and hunker down do we have time for a special guest on the way out Ooh, yes we do come on make your make your chargers unleash debut what do you want to say to the people this is snuggles and her last name is carrot oh my goodness Carrots. we technically have five in a box now that's snuggle carrots <laughs> and welcome to chargers unleashed <laughs> welcome to Car- welcome to chargers unleashed snuggle carrot appreciate you hopping on <laughs> rick it's been a pleasure man thank you so much have fun at the combine man you deserve all the praise you've been doing a ton of great work appreciate it. we'll talk to you soon all right thanks guys I love all right. the <laughs>